Soundprints Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Soundprints is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Soundprints for the week of October 25, 2020. The KCB 47th Annual Conference and Convention is almost here. The theme is The Sky's the Limit, and it's from November 3 through November 8, 2020. We hope you'll be part of the action. From the minute you step onto the launch pad, register, and enter our convention cruise ship, until you head for home, you'll be part of days filled with programs, exhibits, tours, workshops, information, and friends. Our convention program is your flight plan. Please check it out because it contains how to listen to ACB radio, how to obtain Zoom links and dial-in numbers for meetings and events, how to reach our registration information and tech support desks, lists of tours, exhibits, and convention sponsors, schedules for workshops, presentations, and meetings, door prize and auction information, and much more. All times in the program are Eastern times. You can listen for free to most of our conference and convention on ACB Radio live event, but you must register in order to receive Zoom links and dial-in numbers to participate in meetings and take part in the conversation, be eligible to receive fabulous door prizes, bid in our lightning bolt auction, and vote on issues and in elections if you are a KCB member. A special auction-only registration is also available. Registration for those who did not pre-register is $30. For more information and to register using your credit card, call 502-895-4598 between 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. daily. You can also opt to become a convention sponsor by calling the registration number 502-895-4598. You may also choose to become a convention sponsor by calling 502-895-4598. You show your support for the Kentucky Council of the Blind, and sponsors will be recognized throughout the convention and on Facebook, our website, in our newsletter, and here on Soundprints, our weekly audio magazine. And now here's a quick overview of what's going on. On Tuesday, November 3, and Wednesday, November 4, the Guide Dog Users of Kentuckyana, Tri-State Library Users, KCB Next Generation, and Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will be holding their chapter meetings. On Thursday, the action really gets underway with tours, exhibits, three workshops on advocacy, membership development, and fundraising, and our opening session, including a welcome from Governor Andy Bashir and addresses by Dan Spoon, ACB President and Michael Hudson from the American Printing House for the Blind. We'll have our annual chapter parade, bringing you up to date on chapter activities, as well as our first business session, including election of some officers. On Friday, 
you can hear the tours and exhibits again, and then the live programming begins at 3 p.m. With a session sponsored by the Tri-State Library users, updating us on the e-reader and other activities at the Kentucky Talking Book Library, and also some historical perspective from the National Library Service. There will be a session from Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana on how to keep your guide dog sharp, and a session on how to work more effectively with your counselor for positive outcomes in your rehabilitation journey. Beginning at 6 p.m., there will be another business session and elections, as well as a tour of the Green River Distillery in Owensboro and our live auction that supports KCB and its chapters. A quick look at Saturday. At 9 a.m., Joe Elliott, a 40-year veteran of radio, will talk to us about how radio has changed over the years and how he, as a graduate of the Kentucky School for the Blind, has seen more and more accessibility in the jobs that are now available in radio. We'll be discussing accessible prescription labeling systems, updates on Microsoft accessibility, the Chromebook as a computer option for home use, Medicaid and Medicare and dual plan options from United Healthcare, the difference between an ophthalmologist and a low vision specialist, and the skills and requirements needed to apply for and obtain a guide dog. Michael Byington from Topeka, Kansas will entertain us at our virtual banquet and we of course will be presenting our awards and recognizing all of our great convention sponsors. On Sunday will be our Morning Glory Memorial Service, as well as replays of tours, exhibits, and many convention sessions. Our four tours include the American Printing House Museum, the Green River Distillery, Louisville Mega Caverns, you never knew there were so many things under Louisville, and Mammoth Cave. There are also 17 exhibits, including technology, holiday gifts, and crafts. You won't want to miss any of the fun. Again, for more information and to register, call us at 502-895-4598. To listen on ACB Radio Live event, ask Alexa to open ACB Radio Live. Listen via ACB link on your smartphone. Find live event on your Victor Reader stream or point your web browser of choice to www.acbradio.org slash live. And remember to register so you can obtain the Zoom links and be eligible for door prizes and so on. Please call us at 502-895-4598. On page two, we visit with Gary Mudd and Leon Grillot from the American Printing House for the Blind as they tell us about their highly successful virtual American Printing House annual conference held in October. It was a fabulous event and we know you'll enjoy hearing about it. On page three, Adam and I demo two Alexa skills. They are word game skills. If you haven't played them, we know you'll enjoy finding out about them and probably become as addicted to them as we are. We hope you enjoy this week's sound prints, and we look forward to visiting with you again next week. Page two. This morning I'm speaking with Gary Mudd 
and Leanne Grillot from the American Printing House for the Blind. And APH has just recently concluded its annual meeting. That happens, of course, each year, each October, annually, and is a major, major activity, major, major function in the field of blindness, and especially in the field of education of blind and visually impaired students. Gary's going to explain to us the purpose of the annual meeting and how long it's been around, what, what it does, and, and normally it's an in-person meeting in, in Louisville, but this year it could not be, and so Leanne is going to tell us what actually uh, happened, how it took place, and I'd like for the two of you to just give us a, an overview of the, the success of the meeting, how it was different, uh, how people perceived the meeting, uh, and just what you think will happen with annual meeting going forward. So, Gary, I'm going to just turn the time over to you, and the two of you together can can uh, can can tell us all about this unusual and yet very much um, storied annual meeting that takes place each year. All right, Carla, thank you. Um, in the Act to Promote the Education of the Blind legislation, which is was passed in 1879, it says in it that APH should host an annual meeting in Louisville of the ex officio trustees in October. And we, in March, we <laughs> began to wonder how we were going to do that, not knowing what we were about to get into. But at the annual meeting in, in years past, ex officio trustees and special guests would come to Louisville and we would rent out space in a hotel. And uh, a lot of the ex officio trustees would come. Uh, maybe there are currently about 145 nationwide trustees. And generally we would have about half actually attend annual meetings. And the ex officio trustees are supposed to be our advisors, our connection to the field. Part of that legislation also says that we are to host uh, the two committees, uh, the Educational Products Advisory Committee and the Educational Services Products Committee. Twice a year we have meetings with them and one of them would always take place at annual meeting in October. And then the other one would be in the spring. So those uh, committees are, are just that. They're advisory committees made up of, uh, uh, is it seven, Leanne, I believe, members on each with, with one alternate. Yeah, with one alternate, yes. And, and we would uh, generally, uh, again, bring them to Louisville in the spring, and we would talk about what is needed, what is what uh, is currently happening in the educational world, and they would advise us on products and services that we need to develop, research and develop. This year obviously changed, and I believe it was, what is May, uh, Leanne, that we've decided that it looks like with all the cancellations of other conferences around the country, it looked like annual meeting was going to be virtual. And uh, Leanne is, uh, has, has been thrown into this Zoom world 
and came out uh, just knowing more about how to handle meetings, organize meetings, uh, and we think that it was a very successful, uh, much more than than what we expected, uh, not knowing what to expect. But Gary, l let me jump in and just ask you, um, annual meeting is not just a meeting of the trustees when we, people listening may think oh well that doesn't sound like that's a very big deal mm -hmm. but over the years the APH annual meeting has become much more than just the trustees getting together yeah. or your committees getting together many other aspects of education for blind kids and other meetings of other groups have begun happening at annual meeting and it became a three, four-day event, yes. um, complete with meals and awards and and all yes. kinds of other things, um, product yes. displays, uh, and a, an amazing art competition. Yeah, uh, just, it, it's much more than just a meeting. So this yeah, was has, not just saying, okay, we're all going to get together on Zoom at 9 a.m. on Thursday morning. <laughs> right. It, had, <laughs> it has grown. Uh, other organizations would have their uh, meeting before our annual meeting formally started, usually on Wednesdays, sometimes on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Uh, POSB, the principals of schools for the blind around the country, and COSB, count, uh, the uh, superintendents of schools for the blind, uh, would get together and have their meetings. Uh, other organizations uh, sometimes AFB would have some uh, part of the Wednesday and have some meetings. Uh, so the, there were other organizations that had gatherings before. And then usually ours would uh, be on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday in years past. But I guess it was this two years ago, we reduced it to Thursday and Friday. Mm -hmm. Sometimes Wednesday night would be the keynote. We could almost think of it in terms of the a, a almost like a convention mm -hmm. yes. that you know listeners might think of as a, a convention mm -hmm. of, uh, of of that centers around education and Correct. education issues related to blind and visually impaired. Yes. And uh, so it, it's it's become a big deal and a major event over the years. The, yeah. It's sort of the place to be seen in October. Well, I guess, and usually we would have between 350 and 500 people. Uh, yes. From okay. All mm -hmm. Through education, yes. So now bring us forward to October of this year. Well, Ann, you would like to talk about that? <laughs> sure. Uh, October of this year, we needed to go virtual, but we also still needed to have that feeling of a family because some of these people have been attending for many years, so it's coming home. And so the visit to Louisville was a part of that piece. So we knew going virtual, we had to somehow also incorporate the feeling that you at least were still around your friends and visiting a place that you loved. Starting to make it virtual, the first thing we did was decide the platform. We chose Zoom because of its accessibility. We've always utilized Cvent for a registration system, and so that is what we continued because that was comfortable. Uh, Cvent has an application that you can use 
as a web page or as a phone or tablet app so that you can get to places virtually. We used that last year, and most people used it to walk around the meeting halls, but this time they were going to a web page to do it. And Gary is right, and you are right, this is way more than just a meeting. It really feels like a mini conference to me, but the only vendor is APH, as it's the only products that you're going to see with our partners possible. So that is kind of the neat thing is you're learning about those products, learning about services, but then expanding many times there are topics about the field, not necessarily a product, because so many like-minded individuals are coming together. Mm -hmm. We ended up having way more people than we would typically have register. So our numbers continued to climb, even though it actually was posted quite late because of getting it switched from face-to-face to virtual. Uh, we, we ended up with almost 13, a little over 1,300 people registered, which is oh my goodness, than the, the <laughs> 500 wow. that, that we would expect. Yeah, <laughs> and, definitely. And it was a, yes, definitely, and it was a different crowd that we were seeing register because you kind of identify as to who you are registering, and most annual meetings, um, because of the, the cost and, and travel and time it was a majority of people in leadership roles that were able to attend. Uh, one, because it possibly was required of them, but other than that, it was time away from students in the middle of October. It's not always the best time to travel as a teacher. And this time we ended up with almost a thousand of those individuals identifying just as an attendee, just as a, a person in the field who would like to participate. And so that told us that we were reaching the right people. We were looking for those people who, who used the products and the services from APH and wanted to know more, where they wouldn't possibly have been able to travel to Louisville um, for that length of time or, or even the cost of travel. Once the meeting got going, it really is more of a conference again, even though we keep saying meeting. It, we held it on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, with Wednesday really being more pre-meetings. Cosby and Posby met during that time. That was They utilized our virtual space to meet. A few others did as well. And we also worked with AER, BVI, and DVIBB of the Council for Exceptional Students. And we gave them a space to discuss how the different professional organizations work with one another and how uh, professionals can be a part of those organizations and what it does for the field. So we also worked with outside entities to bring them together. And then we had a leadership uh, meeting also that day with leaders from all different organizations coming together, uh, AFB, ACB, you just name them, all the alphabet soup came together, uh, the leaders, to talk about how they were providing leadership during this time and how things changed and what they were doing different. So those were kind of those interesting three-hour meeting times on Wednesday. That evening, we had our Hall of Fame. It was still virtual. So the one interesting thing when it's virtual, instead of in a large group room, uh, you are able to clearly hear and clearly see the individual receiving the award. So there is no 
back chair of the hall. So that was one of the nice things is you really got to interact with those folks and people could virtually raise their hand and say, this teacher meant so much to me because where sometimes that's hidden in the background or it's happening in a noisy hall and other people don't hear the impact. So there were ways to uh, allow people to have that interaction with those two people we were honoring in the Hall of Fame. And so who did you honor this year in the Hall of Fame? We honored Kathleen Hubner and Anne McCuskey. Okay. All right. The Hall of, the Hall of Fame is, is for North America. So it can be Mexico, Canada, and the United States. And Anne is from Canada. Okay. Very well known at CNIB and the work mm-hmm. there. Okay. All right. Okay. And so take bring us on now. We've we've completed the Wednesday and and uh, Hall of Fame presentation. Thursday. Right. So how did Thursday go? Thursday was more uh, a feeling of what you would traditionally see at other conferences. Those roughly hour long sessions where you're learning information. They could gain. ACV REP credit for continuing education for service for those sessions. It was learning about different products and services available through APH. There were large groups of probably our smallest was maybe 40 individuals attending. Our largest was starting to hit the 200 number for that one hour because the topic meant something. It could have been cortical visual impairments. It could have been learning the different refreshable braille displays we have available on federal quotas. It's all dependent on where somebody found interest. These are the sessions that we were also finding that those boots on the ground teachers were calling in or catching in between students because they could virtually attend during the time period, which was most important to them or rearrange their schedule for just that one session that was really meaningful for them. Midday, we had our keynote speaker, Tyler Marin, who is a Paralympian, a wonderful speaker. And then we went into the state of the company. The state of the company from Craig Mader is a requirement of the act. So that was a required piece. Usually, it's ex officio trustees and those few guests that chose to come. This time, we had many more attendees actually hear what the state of the company is, the company that provides so many students with items through that federal quota system. More sessions in the afternoon, and then we had an evening meeting so that any ex officio trustee from anywhere around the United States, including those distant territories, could attend. Gary's right, we have usually about 80, maybe a little less than that, that attend every year. This year we had 106 attend because they could attend virtually and from places that might not have been able to attend. Many ex officios don't do their work alone. They have assistants and many of those assistants wish they could attend and can't. So normally we have a dozen or so. This time we had 74. So it lets you know Uh that that virtual environment allows them the opportunity to participate. And that's amazing. That's really good. And the one I think, most exciting part of it is that we got a lot more TBIs, O&Ms, 
because if you think about it, like Leanne mentioned earlier, it's it's their school year, and October is not the best time to leave the classroom and spend the money to come to Louisville and participate. So they miss mm-hmm. out a lot of years, and this this really opened it up to that group to be much more involved. And so then what was Friday? Well, I want to tell you one piece that happened Thursday evening. Okay. We actually had a storytelling tour. So one of the favorite pieces of annual meeting in person is actually going to APH and going through this factory but also office building and seeing all these pieces and parts because it has such a rich history and each part was added at a different time. Sometimes you can't afford during your annual meeting time to go on those tours because you're too busy listening to information. This time it was separate and anyone could attend from around the world and they did. And you got a personal tour and heard stories and got to sections inside APH you would have never been allowed to on a real tour because we could take the camera and my cousin and actually get a walk around. So that was unique. And uh, I, I will say that all of these sessions were recorded and we're working on getting them posted. So you really didn't miss out completely because it will eventually be up on YouTube for you to be able to see. Then we get to Friday. Friday was different. Friday was very different. During an annual meeting face-to-face, you're usually elbow to elbow in a place called the Spire with all the different products and project leaders and able to really touch stuff and engage with the people who are creating the material for our students. We wanted to recreate that feeling. How do you do that virtually? Another section is we have a services showcase. This is a time where you can talk to the people again, shoulder to shoulder, about all the different services that APH provides and be able to learn more information. We've got to recreate that. These are places where you're kind of walking around tables it's short discussions, not long discussions. You stay where you want to stay. You learn what you want to learn. So what we did is we created routines of half-hour increments where the project leaders were in a virtual space for a half hour, gave a brief piece of information. You could easily ask questions. And then you moved for your next half hour somewhere else. You had the flexibility to really bounce between multiple ones if you only wanted to stay 15 minutes at one. It was a little different. People took a little bit to get used to it, but once they did, they really appreciated being able to hear from a variety of people. And we placed that in a special setting of Zoom that most people are comfortable with, which is called meeting rooms, which is different than a webinar room. In a webinar, you don't know who's in the room with you. Not really. But in a meeting room, you actually see the names and can interact with each other. So people were able to see each other from around the field, giving you a little bit more comfortable feel. And that evening, we did the Insights Art Ceremony. We have a juried art competition for artists of all ages, really, truly, all ages. It's not just K-12. And it's juried, and there are winners. And... I have to say, Robert Gillen did an amazing job showcasing the artists, their work, and really letting you know how much it touches our field, that the joy of art is available to those who can't see or can't see well, and it's beautiful. 
And most of that was pre-recorded, as you would expect, but Rob was actually at APH before and after the pre-recorded pieces and to be able to answer questions. And it was, it was a beautiful uh, ceremony, I think. Uh, one of the best, even though it was Zoom. We really wondered how all this was going to work because it was all new to us. Leanne was the most familiar with Zoom. And, and for those folks who haven't maybe participated in a Zoom conference before, it's much like we had it at a hotel. We had one big room that everybody could go to for the keynote and the state of the company. And then you would move into another room smaller with fewer people with a topic that you might be interested in. And you could also leave that room and go into another room, which it, it just, it was much like it would be at a hotel. Well, it really sounds like it was a huge success. Um, the, I'll be anxious to hear the, uh, the recording of the art presentations mm -hmm. because Adam and I were at the presentation last year, and it was it was great. But I would like to hear this one. I hear that the, uh, this one was really special. And uh, one of the one of our Kentucky Council of the Blind members, Alan Shriptenko, was a winner both years. And we just we were just so you know pleased with him. He made those beautiful wooden bowls that mm -hmm. just incredible. Oh, yeah. They are yes. incredible. Yeah. I mean, you, you talk about one of a kind things now. That's yeah. that's it. So, they are. They're special. Yes. I've got one of them. Do you? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I love I love the feel of wood, but in yes. the aspect of, of uh, Zoom that was beneficial, I think mm -hmm. a lot of the artists couldn't come to to APH whenever. True they were winners and now they could come and their family could actually see the award and, and hear more and see more about it. So it, that was another good part. Yes. Yeah. You know, there's been so many things that have been um, negatives about this past few months with the virus and everything, but things like this where, yeah, it's, it's it's too bad that we couldn't do things in person, but the the virtual environment. I know this this happened with ACB. KCB is in the process of planning its convention right now. It's the APH annual meeting. Uh, we've had people participating um, on all levels that just could not have been there before. And sometimes it might not be a person who has attended a lot in the past. It might be a new person. Other times, it, it's just the fact that maybe that individual couldn't have come this year, and now they can. It's just opened up a whole different world. And um, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the future when we can go back to in-person things. Are you all thinking in terms maybe of doing a hybrid in the future when we can go back to in-person meetings? As one of the members of APH said, we, we can't put the genie back in the bottle. Uh, right. We are, people know that, that there's great information and they have appreciated and shared their appreciation for our virtual offering. So 
there will have to be some form of hybrid uh, support um, if, when we go back to face to face and as this world keeps moving, we're watching again to see what's, what, what we're going to be like when we come to October next time. Uh, folks, to, uh, to check on our website pretty soon, and mm -hmm. all the recorded sessions will be up, and they can enjoy them as well. We'll be watching. Well, thank you all so much for spending time with us today on Soundprints. The the difference in this meeting and in the previous meetings, it, it, it's too bad it couldn't be in person, but it's exciting to hear about the many, many hundreds of additional people who were able to participate and benefit from the information and just the camaraderie and all the things that happen at APH annual meeting. It, it, I really want to congratulate you on having such a super annual meeting this year. So thank you all so much. Thank you. And, thank and you for having us. Page three. Adam and I like to play word puzzles, crosswords, question of the day, games like that on the Echo. And today we're going to share with you puzzle of the day. Several people here in Kentucky are playing that game, and I'm sure some of you out there are doing that as well. However, if you haven't discovered this skill on your favorite Amazon Echo device, you need to give it a try. Puzzle of the Day says that it's a crossword type puzzle, but it really isn't. It's a word definition puzzle. And Adam, let's chat a little bit about the game and its features. Well, I like it because it starts out fairly simple uh, with its first version with five words and you have to find out what the words are based on clues that are given. And after you get all five words, if you do, then you try to name a theme based on what the five words have in common. Yes, and when it gives you a definition or a clue, it tells you how many letters are in that word. If you have asked for some clues, it will give you the letters that are in the word as well. So when the puzzle begins, it tells you what your score was from yesterday and how you measured up to other players in your previous day's play. And then it tells you whether your clues are going to be easy, medium, or hard. And it's up to you to guess the five words and then, hopefully, to figure out what the category is so you can earn extra points. You earn points for completing the puzzle in different levels of time. For example, you get extra points if you complete the puzzle in under three minutes or a different level of points if you complete it in under five minutes. You also lose points if you have to ask for a clue. And you only get four or five clues in your whole puzzle. Carla, as well, the puzzle is an ongoing thing. So every day that you play, you accumulate points. And they have different levels of uh, puzzle accomplishment. For instance, we are currently at Puzzle Pro. And we are working toward Puzzle Master. Master. Puzzle Master. From Puzzle Pro, 
to go to the next level, Puzzle Master, we had to get 650,000 points. And I think we're down to about 112,000 now, Carla. Yes, but now, not to discourage new players. <laughs> no, oh, no. Oh, no. You, you have fewer points required to move from the lower levels on the puzzle. We've been playing a long, long time. There's another way you can accumulate points in this game as well. There's a power puzzle that's available, and I think that is a subscription-based option in the skill. I've been playing it so long I really don't remember. But in the power puzzle, you have three words. They tell you how many letters there are in the words, but they are not related to each other. And the object is to get those words as quickly as possible. The maximum number of points that you can score in the power puzzle per day is 1,750, and the least number appears to be 1,550, because Adam, I think that's the lowest that we've scored in a day, but you have to be pretty bad yeah. to get 1,550. Well, unless you specifically cannot get a word and you tell it to just skip a total word, I think they take quite a few points off for you if you do that because the puzzle will say how many people did not complete the puzzle yes and in both the main puzzle and this power puzzle you do have an option to to get out of the puzzle if you just cannot complete it so um in in the power puzzle you will hear in our demo that we guess the words uh, I can't remember. I think we did that pretty quickly. Not sure we had any reveals. I think we did one reveal, Carla. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. Yes, because you can ask for reveals if you get stuck, and then that often helps you to go on and guess the word. The more reveals you ask for, the lower your score. So you want to be a little careful about those reveals. So now we'll listen to both puzzles, Puzzle of the Day and the power puzzle at the end of the game. Alexa, let's play puzzle of the day. Welcome back, Level 9 Puzzle Pro. 500 bonus points for playing 21 consecutive days. Want to hear how you ranked yesterday? Yes. Okay. I've got your results right here. You completed yesterday's daily puzzle in 1 minute, 34 seconds and scored 1,075. Out of the 4,018 players, you were tied for 1,671st place in points, and 983rd place in time. 1,347 did not complete the puzzle. You also completed the power puzzle yesterday. It took you 2 minutes. 57 seconds and you scored 1,750 out of the 195 players. You were tied for first place in points and 78th place in time. Way to go. First place is no easy feat. Ready to play? Yes. Okay. Difficulty. Hard. Word 1. Timepiece is worn on the wrist. Seven letters. What is your guess? Watches. Phenomenal. Word 2. Financial institutions with deposits and withdrawals. Five letters. What is your guess? Banks. Great. Word 3. Brown strip in Neapolitan ice cream. 
Nine letters. What is your guess? Chocolate. Perfect. Word four. Mountains crossed in the sound of music. Four letters. What is your guess? Alps. Outstanding. Word five. Refusal to take sides in a conflict. Ten letters. What is your guess? Neutrality. Perfect. Awesome job. That was today's hardest word. Congratulations. You finished today's puzzle. You've earned 250 bonus points for finishing in less than three minutes and 250 for your remaining letters. Switzerland. This brings you Watches. to a total of 1,075 points. You now have a chance to guess the puzzle themes. The theme has one word with 11 letters. Yep. The seventh letter is R. You can wager up to yep. 1,075 points. What's your wager? 1,075. Putting everything on the line. Let's do it. The theme has one word with 11 letters. The seventh letter is R. Alexa, Switzerland. 1,075 points for your wager gives you a final score of 2,150 points. With 2,150 points, you are 750 points above the average. You finished the puzzle faster than 86% of players. Come back tomorrow for the final report. Ready to begin the power puzzle? Yes. Okay, let's play the power puzzle. Word one, wave top, five letters. What is your guess? Crest. Nice. Word two, purple or orange veggie, six letters. What is your guess? Carrot. Outstanding. Word three. Holy breakfast dessert. Five letters. What is your guess? Bagel. It's not bagel. Give it another try. Word three. Holy breakfast dessert. Five letters. What is your guess? Toast. Nope. Toast isn't it? Try again. Sir, Word three. Dessert. Holy breakfast dessert. Five letters. What is your guess? Reveal a letter. You reveal the second letter in word three. It is the letter O. Word three. Holy breakfast dessert. Five letters. Donut. Great. They didn't spell it right. <laughs> Incredible puzzling today. 1,750 points puts you 86 points above the average. You finished faster than 66% of others and used two less reveals than average. Check back tomorrow for the finalized rankings. You are 112,560 points away from level 10, Puzzle Master. What would you like to do? Alexa, you can stop. See how you rank. Okay, see you tomorrow. Okay, well, that went pretty good. Well, we did better on that than we usually do. I know. <laughs> the next game we want to share is called Puzzler. P-U-Z-Z-L-E-R. I found this skill one day just by accident. You can ask 
Alexa to play games. You can just say, Alexa, let's play a game, and she'll give you different kinds of games. So one day I asked her to show me some word games, and this is one that came up. Puzzler is truly a crossword game. The skill is from Britain, so some of the answers are very British. You can tell that, Carla, just from the introduction as though here when the uh, guy says, Good evening. Good evening. Yes, you most assuredly can. And the timing on the skill is British time. It's, it's ahead of Eastern time. So if you open the skill in the afternoon, it's going to say good evening. And if you open it early in the morning, like in the middle of the night, it's going to say good morning and all of this. So um, it is kind of an interesting little skill. There are two levels of play in this game. The first is daily crossword which is a free game that you can play every day. And the other is premium crossword, which costs about $2 a month, but gives you a much larger crossword to play every day. In the daily crossword, you have about six or eight words to, to guess. And in the uh, premium crossword, you've got about 16 to 18 words and it takes much longer to play it. We play each one every day. So, Adam, let's uh, tell them a little bit about this game. What are some of the points that you think are important for them to know before we begin? Well, what we try to do is go through the words, and if we don't recognize what it would be, we just almost automatically skip. So if it gives us the clue and then says there are five letters. If we have no idea what it is, then we'll just say, Alexa, skip. And that's one point about the game, too, is that in order for you to work with the puzzle, you have to say, Alexa, before you make your guess or before you give it a command like skip or repeat or whatever. Yes, and that's a nice little feature. You think in the beginning that that would be a little irritating. But it's a nice feature if you're playing with someone else, like Adam and I play together. And uh, there's music that plays once you can give it a guess or, or uh, give it a command or whatever. But so long as you don't say Alexa, you can discuss what you want to say about it and it doesn't affect the game. Another interesting thing about the game, and sometimes irritating, is that if you miss a clue or if you miss the guess on your, on your word, um, it will remind you that you can spell your word, and that takes a little bit of time because it, it spells out puzzler for you as an example. And when that happens, every time you miss a word, that can be irritating. Not only that, Carla, but it also takes up time, like 15 seconds. And so at the end, it'll say it took you 25 minutes to do the puzzle, and maybe three minutes of that time is it's reminding you by spelling puzzler out. So that, that is kind of irritating. It will give you, as you get words right, it will give you the uh, clues that you still have. It'll give you the words with those letters filled in, just as if you were playing a crossword. We are going to play for you our puzzler game from yesterday, Saturday, October 24. Now, we have played both the 
daily crossword and the premium crossword, but we don't have time on Soundprints today to play you the premium crossword. You'll get the idea from the daily crossword of how this game plays. In order to begin it, again, you say, Alexa, let's play Puzzler, and it will start. So here is our game from Saturday, October 24. Alexa, let's play Puzzler. Good evening. Welcome back to Puzzler. Would you like to play your daily crossword, premium crossword, or hear the high scores? Daily crossword. All right. Here is your crossword. Sit for a photographer. There are four letters. Alexa, skip. Okay, we'll skip this clue. Small biting fly. There are four letters. Alexa, Nat. Nice stuff. Strict, severe. Last letter, N. Five letters. Alexa, repeat. The clue is strict, severe. Last letter, N. It has five letters. Alexa, skip. Okay, we'll skip this clue. Short comic piece. Last letter, T. There are four letters. Alexa, skip. Time for the next clue. Small patch of color. Last letter, K. It has five letters. Alexa, black. Bravo. You've completed half of the crossword. Gust of air or smoke. Blank, blank, F, blank. Four letters. Alexa, puff. Okay, we'll skip this clue. Strict, <laughs> severe. Blank, blank, E, blank, N. There's five letters. Alexa, skip. Okay, we'll skip this clue. Gust of air or smoke. Blank, blank, F, blank. Four letter word. Alexa, P-U-F-F. -F. Brilliant. Sit for a photographer. First letter, P. Four letters. Alexa, skip. Okay, we'll skip this clue. Strict, severe. Blank, blank, E, blank, N. It has five letters. Alexa, clue. Okay, here's a hint. S, blank, E, blank, N. Alexa, repeat. The clue is strict, severe. Strict. S, blank, E, blank, N. There are five letters.
Alexa, skip. Okay, we'll skip this clue. Sit for a photographer. P blank S blank. It has four letters. Alexa, repeat. The clue is, sit for a photographer. P, blank, S, blank, four letters. Alexa, pose. Exceptional. Strict, severe. S, blank, E, blank, N. There's five letters. Alexa, clue. Okay, here's a hint. S blank E R N. Alexa, stern. Amazing, that's all the answers. You did it in four minutes, 28 seconds. This was your zeroth fastest time for daily crosswords. We hope you've enjoyed these Alexa skills and we hope that you'll give them a try and have as many hours of enjoyment as we have. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.